Welcome to episode four of the Undoing Perfectionism podcast. Uh, today I have with me Jake Gerstel. Uh, we're going to talk all about the creative process and hopefully unpack some, uh, some good ideas that uh, we can use for our creative projects and uh, pers- uh, professional projects as well. Welcome, Jake. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no worries, man. It's awesome to have you here. Um, so, as with all my guests, I like to just start off with uh, where creativity started for you in your life, even from back as a kid. Uh, what was the first uh, creative thing that you remember taking on as a kid? Yeah, well, my, like my mother was always quite creative, doing like, craft projects and things like that. Um, so I first started just doing like coloring ins. Yeah, I yeah. really, really enjoyed like yeah, coloring in things. And I think uh-huh. a few of the shops we went to as kids, like the local fruit and veg shop, would have like a coloring in competition. Mm-hmm. So I'd uh, enter that, and I'd always just go like above and beyond. There yeah. would be like a, an image to color in, and I would just color in the image, and then eventually just color in the whole piece of paper with background uh-huh. and everything. Um, so I won a couple of those as a kid, That's which sick. was quite like encouraging. That's so funny. I remember I won one for a Toy World as well. Oh, I nice. won like a Lego set <laughs> for coloring yeah. something in. I completely forgotten about that. Yeah. I won like a $500 Bunnings gift voucher. No way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess like, yeah, being a teenager and then uh, like moving out of home and kind of just forgot about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it wasn't until I was maybe like 20 or 21 that I kind of, yeah, like got back into like, like drawing and because mm. I never really drew much, but I was just really enjoyed, like really enjoyed like colour. Yeah, like colour a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because now um, you've become a, a tattooist and you're, you're more focused on a lot of line work, but you started out a lot with like the colour, the colour side of things. Yeah, which is quite interesting because I don't really do colour tattoos. Like I've done maybe three or four, yeah. like ever. And mainly it's just, I just do like black work now. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, sorry. So from when you, you started like exploring a little bit more when you kind of became about 20 years old, what kind of work did you, did you start on then? Like did you go straight into the line work stuff or were you doing more colourful things then or? Yeah, like I think it it kind of continued onwards and I was working in like just call center jobs and some of them are just yeah, absolutely like terrible mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes when it was quiet like there'd be periods of the day where no one calls because everyone calls call centers at like five o'clock in the Arvo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just started bringing up images of like just tattoo designs and then I would just like look at the screen and just kind of copy them and mm-hmm. just line them out and, and color them in. Um, yeah, and a few of the people I worked with were like, oh, that's really good, yeah, you should be like a tattooist or whatever. And I'm like, mm. yeah, that's a really good idea because this is a terrible, terrible job. Yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, you gravitated towards the tattoo stuff like pretty quickly then. Yeah, like I was always interested in tattoos. Like I never got any for so long, like when I was younger. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and then it wasn't until like uh, maybe when I was 23 when I... Uh, yeah, stumbled across the work of Anna Day, who's like a like a dot work artist in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and I just saw that and I was like, wow, this is like incredible. Like I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that just kind of kicked it off. Did and that was like, with you this, did the style just kind of resonate with you as well? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, so since since then, I've just yeah kind of yeah steered more into that style of like patterns mm-hmm. and mandalas and geometry. And yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So back in the day, when like like growing up, when you when you ha- were working on your like coloring, obviously very young is just just kind of is a bit of play. Yeah. Then when you kind of started picking it up again as a teenager, was there was that like a lot of was there like an emotional release there, or was did did you have like objectives that you really wanted to do when you were starting out, or were you like aiming for a particular goal at that point, or was it more mostly expressive? Uh, well, it was interesting because, yeah, I guess, like, when you become, like, an adult, you finish school, and then you, like, try and figure out, like, who you are and your identity, and I kind of just finished school and just started working, like, I didn't get into any kind of study or anything, mm-hmm. and I just, 
yeah, it kind of fell into like call center work, um, which kind of paid well and supported my lifestyle at the time. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I wasn't happy doing it. And yeah, it kind of hit a point like twenty twenty one, just feeling like like what is like what what am I doing? And like mm. where's the where's the there needs to be some like deeper meaning cool. here. Um, and then I guess in order to yeah, I guess overcome like all those yeah like emotions as well when you're a bit younger and trying to find your find your feet. Um, yeah, just fell into creating art and like the, the process of creating art and, mm. and realized how much of a like a healing and like cathartic thing it can, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so it, it literally just like came out of you when like it sounds like you're pretty like you're pretty fond of the call center because it's given you that. Would you say that or no? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, that was like a drive where it's, it's like, all right, so I finished school. How do I make money? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I'm making money and enough money to be like comfortable mm. but yeah why am I like miserable like why yeah. is this not like it's fulfilling to a point where you can help people um, yes. so so like some days are good you can like yeah, make changes in people's lives but for the most part people are just angry at, at you and mm. just gonna like yeah t- take your energy and yeah yeah I just wanted to break out of out of that and so yeah like I would work full-time and then yeah just draw Start like drawing. after work and Saturdays just draw all of, all of Saturday and and then at the start it was just for fun like there was no like yes. monetary incentive it was just like I'm just doing this for me and mm-hmm. um, but then as soon as I started getting momentum it's like oh wow like and people and friends showing interest and like oh like are you selling things and mm-hmm. and then so then it kind of kicked off like oh like could I actually make a living from like selling art yeah yeah so good yeah so is it only now looking back that you kind of understand that that was what was happening was uh sorry (laughs) what was happening was you like trying to search for something new while you're in the job yeah but at the time where you just kind of like this this is just a bit of fun you know just kind of dealing with it but yeah looking back now do you look at it differently and understand it a bit a bit differently yeah yeah definitely um it's funny like when you're in it yeah you only have so much perspective and then like once you kind of look back and reflect on things and um yeah and then not fully like fully being aware like i guess like how miserable i was Mm -hmm. but i guess that just creating this like burning desire to to like change that yeah and and, like um yeah because i guess so many people do jobs that they just don't don't like and mm-hmm. it's it's not it's just like well that's what I do and like people do that for their whole lifetime and like the thought of that is like pretty fucking depressing yeah for sure so I was like what what can I do to like get yeah, break out of this and and make money doing something that I enjoy mm. yeah. so what do you remember kind of the in the transition from just having fun to like first thinking hey maybe I can pursue this full-time yeah did you start um, treating your work a little bit differently? Were you cha- were you changing your style to fit a particular niche, or uh, even just did you feel when you were working on it that it made it feel a bit different? It wasn't as just fun and expressive. That there was a bit of a pressure there to do something. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And as soon as people started seeing the art I was producing, and then asking if I would do like commission pieces yeah. where then they're paying me but they they also um yeah give me like i guess their set of like limitations on what they're wanting mm-hmm. and that can definitely yeah like hinder a lot of the, the the process um especially when you're starting off because you don't have a whole bunch of art available so people are coming to you with what they think would look good and yeah it's always a i guess a, a challenge to um still feel like I have the freedom to do whatever but also yeah getting paid by someone else and them like wanting a certain product to be a certain way yeah yeah was that um, sorry so what what was it um, prints that you first started working on yeah just like was it um, was it like um, ink drawings or yeah, just mainly ink drawings um, turned into prints, just getting like 10 or 20 prints done and just selling them on social media. Yeah. Um, but then turned more commission work. So yeah. 
um, like being in a band and being a part of like a musical network of people. I had yeah. a few people hit me up for um, like shirt designs. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like an art, like did an archivist design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, like those, those, those were fun because I feel like working with other creative people, they kind of gave me a bit of freedom. Right. But then also some people would just approach me for completely random stuff okay. like yeah draw my dog or something and like there's nothing I like haven't really done much of that uh-huh. um, but so you then never really say no you just like be pretty open to yeah to like I always to tried work. to like um, I guess like if I felt like it's something I could achieve mm-hmm. like take on the project um, and yeah like sometimes it would be quite easy and then I guess like sometimes it'd be super challenging right. like because people would want things things changed or they want things a certain way um, mm-hmm. but I guess that's a certain like I guess a sacrifice of in terms of like making money you have to work with other people right and, and like so it's not something that I can just oh I can just do whatever I feel all the time like yeah yeah so do you think over time like it would it just get used kind of became a little bit more used to producing things for people and like changing things for them because obviously coming from the call center job where you were literally just having that escapism or you know that express expressiveness yeah to transitioning into making work for people did it just come easier over do you think it was just a time thing or yeah was, was there any point where you thought I need to learn something to maybe um, be able to produce work for people a bit better or yeah well I think it definitely just got easier over time but I would also go through periods of um, I couldn't just purely be doing commission work yeah. because then it would kind of take the fun out of it. Okay. So I would kind of interchange. So I'd just do something for me yep. and then you know, do a commission piece and try and keep that balance. Oh, nice. Because as soon like when I was just producing art, like as soon as I was just creating commission work, it just felt more like work than okay. something that was just my happy enjoyment time. Yeah. Um, and then the transition to tattooing was even more challenging because it's like every person who comes to you is like asking for a certain thing right and I'm, I'm lucky that a lot of people who come to me are just like hey do whatever you want yeah um, and they're familiar with your work now yeah yeah so i think as well like becoming more established as an artist people are like more like trusting that like whatever i do they'll be happy with mm-hmm. which is like a, yeah really awesome like, so privilege cool. to have yeah. so yeah i'm really keen to like understand like the change between like working on in like print media or even just like on a canvas or anything into you know needles and skin yeah i've like i've known tattooists over the years just like the pig like the little pig skin approach where you practice on the pig skin or whatever it is to know that feeling how was it a long learning process for you changing that like uh that medium do you feel like it was like quite difficult to, to move into that or was it something that you just kind of felt and it just felt like another another canvas as such yeah it was a very like it happened very fast um the, the transition um yeah i kind of just like was like given enough like an opportunity to to work at a studio mm-hmm. um and the yeah the boss wasn't really like you need to do things a certain way okay it's like it was just like she just did her own own thing yeah so i don't know i've thought about it for years and years and years that i like would eventually like to become a tattooist so mm-hmm. it's like oh cool here's this opportunity what do you do mm. um luckily i had a friend that i worked with there who um, lent me a machine and then just started getting some um like a butternut pumpkin bananas oh, oh really yeah oh, okay so never did any pig skin but okay. just did fruit and yeah. um felt pretty confident with that so mm-hmm. it's like what do I do now it's like well I guess I'll just tattoo myself and see how that goes yeah um, so I did that and it turned out I thought it turned out pretty good for cool. a first tattoo yeah. and then obviously with the power of social media and having a following of people who like my art yeah and then they saw that was my uh, like my first attempt and from there like a lot of people were going to trust me so I yep. just started getting friends friends in and and basically just practicing so good and uh, just all that yeah, ripple from there so like physically like the difference between like some fruit and like a person was it quite different or oh definitely yeah. and like like and drawing on paper it's just like it just stays there it just mm-hmm. nice and still yep. um it's like a flat nice flat surface so you mm-hmm. can lean on it and it's just 
yeah, like nothing changes. But then as soon as you're on a human body, it's like there's breathing and moving and yeah. twitching and laughing and mm. um, it was a whole new thing because like I had the the, the ability to like produce art. Yeah. But then it's like a whole new element when yeah, someone's humans aren't perfectly still like we're all fucking moving to a certain degree yeah um and then i guess like guiding people through that experience as well where i'm just like inflicting like unpleasant yeah sensations upon a person <laughs> and they need to yeah i guess deal with it internally mm. um so yeah it's a very it's been a very interesting thing and like not really like all you can really learn from is just other tattooists that you work with like it's not like you go yeah. to school to be a tattooist or you, like you get like a degree in tattooing. It's just like yep. learning from people around you yeah, and start doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's the only really way to learn. So good. But that happened very fast. And uh -huh. I think just because of the amount of work that I put in, like I was drawing this style for like five years okay. before I even picked up yep. a, like a, a machine. Yeah. So, um, it just, yeah, it, it, all of that hard work definitely helps with the transition. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started tattooing people, they tell friends and friends and just yeah. would, yeah. So when did you yeah. do that first tattoo on yourself? Uh, that was in 2017, okay. like uh, August 2017. And when did you, you've gone full, so were you, were you part-time at a studio for a while? Yeah, I kind of went in between. So I started off full-time, but it is very hard to, to get by like making like 300 or 400 dollars a week okay um and the government doesn't recognize the tattoo apprenticeship as an actual apprentice right. so okay. you basically just say that you're un unemployed yeah and um yeah so then i would also do work for a friend just um yeah like laboring and mm -hmm. um that helped i guess help me get by um until i started yeah, getting enough work that i could yeah, have a livable wage. Mm. Yeah. So how long ago did you go full time as a as a tattooist, not as an apprentice? Um, so yeah, there's no official thing like, oh, congratulations, you're qualified. Right. It's just like sometimes your boss might like tell you that you're you're just at the level <laughs> now, doing a good job, or uh -huh. yeah, it's not really a proper thing. But I guess like uh -huh. yeah, usually after two to three years, um, if you if your if your ability is good enough, and I guess it just shows in your work. Yeah. Um, and when I was an apprentice, a lot of people were surprised. They're like, "Oh wow, like this is good quality work. Like, mm -hmm. how are you still an apprentice?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the last eighteen months, um, I would yeah classify myself as like no longer an apprentice. Cool. Um, and yeah, and then since then, it's just things have ramped up and it's gotten a lot busier. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's been yeah. And then after. I guess the lockdown and COVID and the this year, um, I guess people probably had a lot of time to think about what they wanted to get tattooed mm -hmm. when they were hanging out at home, and yeah. then everyone just exploded with yeah ideas and yeah. So it's been a crazy time since like reopening after that. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about like um, the feeling of like the permanency of tattoos because that. For me, being a perfectionist, I think that's something where I think, wow, like you're putting this piece of art on someone's body, it's gonna be forever. And you obviously, you, you, if you Google like bad tattoos on the internet, you see yeah. all the, the horrendous ones where it's like, how could this have happened? Um, but I even just think about, you know, something that might happen like somebody sneezes or something like that when you're tattooing. Um, and I know that you, in the back of your head, like you've probably already prepared yourself for all those kinds of things, and you know how to work around them. But particularly when you got started, was that something that was a little bit terrifying? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So terrifying. Yeah. It's just like no, no pressure. You're just permanently marking someone's yeah. skin. Yeah. And just like the slightest, yeah, like <laughs> like not concentrating uh, or or whatever. Yeah, the first like yeah, even now I still I still get it, but like mm. the first two years like, and then it's like oh I have like a good ability to to like draw, mm -hmm. but then as soon as you've got a machine in your hand and you're about to do a tattoo and trying to overcome 
like the nerves associated with that and like trying to keep your hand steady and uh -huh. it's just it's just a whole new element yeah um, and yeah it's just like and then that's practice of like I guess just dealing with my stress in like day-to-day -day life because right. I kind of need to yeah. be in a certain state to be able to mm. do this yeah um, so I taught a lot about my like about myself uh -huh. like trying to prepare to do this for someone yeah yeah and like yeah people sneeze and cough and I guess as as you get more experience you can kind of get a feeling or like usually people will tell you like mm. if they need to, to do that but um, yeah there's always slight in, imperfections and things like mm -hmm. that's how to, there's no perfect tattoo and like yeah. tattoos will heal differently and it might look perfect when it's tattooed but as it heals yeah. and into the skin things things can change and I didn't think about that either because I've heard about like them leaking a little bit or over time particularly really fine lines and things like that could like fade out and yeah definitely yeah. yeah and it ages with the body but like the body's not perfect either yeah so yeah it's like I put a lot of pressure on myself to produce something that like as close to perfect as possible mm. but also need to yeah I guess be forgiving and the fact that like yeah it's not going to be perfect mm. there's, there's always imperfections and I think like a lot of people understand that as well like getting getting tattoos like, yeah yeah so yeah oh man that's so good yeah so what what do you do to kind of like get yourself in the a mindset before you go out for a day and and doing particularly when there's like a challenging piece of work for example yeah how do you like kind of prepare yourself mentally for that um yeah well like yeah meditation has been a, a huge thing mm -hmm. like yeah starting the day with that um and um, like stretching um because yeah it's like a physically demanding job like mm. being hunched over all day tattooing people in awkward positions and um yeah and then like a bit of yeah like exercise as well like i ride my bike mm -hmm. to work and that definitely helps settling oh nice nerves yeah yeah because since i've started at my my latest studio mm -hmm. um, it's close enough for me to ride my bike and I actually found a big difference compared oh, yeah. to when I would drive my car to work mm -hmm. um, and just yeah I guess overcoming those those nerves starting oh awesome um, and also yeah just not too much caffeine like I don't drink coffee anymore mm -hmm. because yeah caffeine isn't the best for the nerves yeah um, so yeah, I've been, helps. yeah I've been on and off coffee for, yeah. a, for a fair while oh, I just love the taste like I do drink decaf most of the time but sometimes I'll fall back into having the caffeine and I'm man I notice like straight away you know how much like you don't realize until you stop drinking caffeine how much it yeah it boosts your anxiety and stuff hey yeah and everyone's so dependent on it like it's yeah. just like a, a drug that people don't really call a drug yeah like, there's so many people that are dependent on on caffeine and just like functioning yeah and, and day to day uh, I still drink tea because um, mm -hmm. I do enjoy a little bit of caffeine but like mm -hmm yeah coffee can be yeah quite intense and also like I guess like the rush you get initially but then also the crash as well and mm. trying to like if I'm tattooing for hours at a time yeah I want things to be a bit more consistent uh, I'm not trying to overcome all these nerves at the start and then like fighting to stay like fighting to keep concentration at the end so yeah because like how long a like what like a one sitting can can go for up to eight hours is it is there, um, do you have a limit or well my appointment times are like a seven hour block yeah um, but they won't be all tattooing because there'll be time like talking and yep. stenciling and um but yeah the longest yeah like seven to eight hours of like actual tattooing is like a pretty pretty big day yeah um, yeah so that takes a lot of yeah focus so you would actually do that sometimes so you do all your stenciling and everything like that and then tattoo straight for seven hours yeah well it depends like we might take on a bit of bigger project and sometimes i will work later if it just means that we can finish it mm. and also if they're feeling comfortable enough that they can yeah finish it um i definitely couldn't do that every day of the week yeah um, must be but really yeah fatiguing. yeah if there's like a day or two that requires that then oh man we'll do that but it's interesting because yeah some people yeah it's like oh they don't, like, I don't think I get, could get tattooed for an hour and mm. then like six hours later they're still getting tattooed so it's quite an interesting thing to see people yeah be able to yeah persist through that as well mm. yeah 
Yeah, so last time we caught up, which we just realized before the podcast was probably two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we talked a lot about our meditation practices and stuff. And I've kind of lost mine, to be honest. Yeah. I think I remember saying to you that I'd hit just hit 10,000 hours. And I think in the last hour, uh, the last, or maybe I was approaching 10,000 hours um, that I've done. And this year I've only done about 1,000. Like I've completely lost that. My exercise routine is like still kind of there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the meditation's really, really dropped off. So you get your, you have your, like your bike ride before you go to work. When do you find time to meditate? Like morning and evening or? Uh, every morning as soon as I wake up. Because mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to proca- procrastinate. Yes. Like if I don't do it first thing, then I'll probably find a million excuses not to do it. Mm-hmm. So if I just wake up and sit up and sit there for 20 minutes to half an hour, mm-hmm. um, then it's like I've got it out of the way. Yeah. And like, and it's just, it's the best way to start the day. Because um, like, I guess coming from sleep to wakefulness, you're in like a bit of a sensitive state. Mm-hmm. So I try not to look at my phone and yep. just, um, yeah, see what's going on in the old brain and mm-hmm. see what thoughts are floating through and <laughs> catch myself if I might have, yeah, might have a bad day. Sometimes you just have a yeah. shitty sleep yeah. and you don't want to be going into the day and fucking and causing a trail of destruction behind you because you're yeah. having a bad day. So it's just becoming more mindful and aware yeah. of that kind of stuff. So good. Yeah. Do you, do you use the tracking apps or, or no? Yeah, I think like we've been using Insight Timer. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, they have guided meditation on there, but for most time it's just, um, yeah, just keeping track. Oh, just a time. Oh, yeah, recording it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, like I like stats and stuff, so it's cool to see like how many hours I've done and yeah, yeah, like consecutive days, and it's got like a reward system in there, so you get gold mm-hmm. stars, and it's it yeah. just makes it a bit more fun. Yeah, I've got all yeah. the shiny stuff. Yeah. Make you feel good. Yeah. So similarly, when you said that you felt like your work, or you you could get in the zone a bit better when you started riding your bike, do you notice like even on a daily basis if you miss a meditation that it'll be maybe more difficult to focus when you're when you're working or oh definitely like I, I pretty much like in my like day-to-day work life like I'll always meditate like sometimes on the weekend or if I have a late night or sleep in or whatever I may not do it and, mm-hmm. that's, and that's fine but I feel like it's pretty integral to my like tattooing practice so that's what I do first mm. thing in the morning um, and yeah it just puts you yeah, in a good a good mind frame to to start the day and uh, and then yeah, with the with the exercise, like that's yeah, riding to and from work, so it's a great way to like yeah, mm. get some fresh air going to work and then on the way home, yeah, good way just to burn off any excess energy from the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's kinda kills two birds with one stone because I don't have to um, like commute to work and then exercise, I can just exercise as my as you're commuting, yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you have energy for other art outside of work at the moment, or, or most of the time? Or? I try to, yeah, because I think that's what keeps the, the passion going, um, because, um, yeah, work can sometimes just become, like, feel like like a bit forced, yeah. and I guess, like, art shouldn't, yeah, like, like you should definitely have times that where it's just not forced at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so on certain evenings, yeah, like, I've taken up a lot of different mediums like this year, especially during um, lockdown, just as something like still being creative, but something different to yeah. the, just like drawing with a pen on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I started painting and um, yeah, wood carving and mm-hmm. cross stitching. And it's good just to, so cool. it feels like I'm doing different things, even though I'm like drawing art on people during the day and then painting on a canvas at night, it still feels like two different, different yeah. things, which keeps like, yeah, the interest and, cause you can't like, just doing the same thing all the time, yeah. like it just gets boring and you don't want to like lose perspective on this mm. thing that you've worked so hard. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, cause you were showing me like the, the cross stitching and the, the, um, the wood carving and that just before we started. Um, it's similar, but like a, maybe a little bit different to some of the artwork that I've seen you do. Um, so I just want to like jump back to when you started with the, the, the dot work and the lines. Does it, do you just call it dot work or is there, is there other, or just geometry and dot work? Is that yeah, the well, main styles you call it? Or? Yeah, well dots can form in many forms I guess. Mm. So you can do dots in a, in a pattern or dots can be, um, 
yeah, like in a form of a symbol or like even, yeah, you can do like illustrative stuff with, with dots and, and yeah. shading with dots. So yeah, I just call that dot work. Uh -huh. And then, um, yeah, mandalas, which go through many, many cultures and mandala just means circle. Mm -hmm. So any kind of circular yeah. pattern. Um, yeah, and that can involve, yeah, just dots. So I can just do dots in a mandala or it can, yeah, dots and lines, mm -hmm. but that's mainly, yeah, mainly what I do. Yeah. So how did you go about starting to like learn those styles? Um, the most fun journey has been looking at like cultures, like ancient, ancient art and mm -hmm. just seeing like how they produced it and what mediums they used and, um, yeah, that's some incredible, like, it's just crazy, like with the power of the internet and just mm -hmm. being able to see like basically every, every culture had some form of art. Um, to express themselves and yeah like I love yeah Central and Southern American art and even like yeah North American and yeah so many Asian cultures and um, Middle Eastern yeah. like yeah like Islamic geometry is yeah one of the most phenomenal forms of geometry that I've ever seen. So were you just like a look for things and kind of just copy were you, like was it just like a copy kind of thing you find something you like and try and mimic it or would you just get inspired and then kind of take an idea and then just create something out of it yeah initially I guess like with anything you just start I guess like replicating stuff yeah and then the yeah. more times you do it um, you kind of just take elements from that um, and I guess because I've just yeah gained influence from so many different places now it, it's just like this big mashup uh -huh. um, but with patterns and stuff like that's just sometimes copying because they follow a certain formation yeah right um and yeah like the islamic geometry like that's just layer upon layer of of um yeah intricacy yeah and yeah it just blows blows my mind that's so cool yeah because yeah, you like from when i first started seeing you i didn't know about it about your art at all when we first met in the music scene um but when i first started like seeing some of it particularly like i resonated quite quite a lot with like the Central American stuff. Yeah. I love like the ancient history and the mines and that. And you would just like, you'd draw on something and it was just like exactly the right curves were just like, just matched those stuccos like so well, I thought. Like, how did you, like, did you, I'm trying to think about the whole learning journey that you, like you went on. Like it feels like you were, it was just very expressive for you. So you just naturally found your way there. You didn't even, have to stop and think for a moment. Did you just find something something you like, and did you say focus on like um, like the Central American style for a bit until you felt you liked it, and then moved on? Or yeah, definitely. Just going through periods, and then I guess like traveling as well, like to some of those places. Yeah. And actually seeing it like in the flesh, it's it's so much different to then just like finding reference images mm. on the internet. And yeah, different periods of my life, like yeah, going to Mexico and seeing some of the Mayan ruins yeah. and just having like a little sketchbook with me and just looking at forms and, and, and shapes and stuff. And then- So would you be say like looking at, at like a motif or something and just be copied, would you just make a copy of it or? Yeah, or take, yeah. yeah, take like actual, like my own reference photos and then like later on, like relaxing wherever staying, just have a, yeah. have a quick, quick sketch or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, like a year later, travel someone else, somewhere else, and yeah, like go to, go to Thailand, and then just seeing the like phenomenal Thai art and, and some of those temples. Yeah. And then it's like I've still got a bit of this weird Mexican Mayan shaping going on, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like this Thai art is something completely, completely different. But also as well, like a lot of cultures have these weird similarities yes. between their art as well, which I find really. Really interesting. It's all those things they show you of like conspiracy theories where they're like, oh look, they built this temple here and they built the, that temple over there. What a coincidence! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like to then take the like those influences and then yeah, I'm trying to. I guess it's a weird question I'm trying to answer is like, when did you? Do you remember a time where you say learnt the Mayan style to a particular level and then? created something of your own for the first time that was kind of using that style but you've kind of yeah created something completely new out of it um yeah i'm 
Yeah, I guess it's just like, uh, just basically just getting building blocks just over time and just mm -hmm. being so immersed in enjoying all these art forms for so long mm -hmm. um, and coming back to them as well, like having times like from actually visiting the place and then moving on, but then like a year or two later, like rediscovering something completely different about about that area and just incorporating that in as well. And now it's just like a giant mashup. Yeah. Like it's just like pulling things, like I draw a mandala and I'm like, oh, that looks a bit Thai inspired. And like, oh, that's a bit, yeah, Central American inspired. <laughs> and it's just but like it's all, whatever comes out. Yeah, oh man, it's, it's so interesting hearing how like everything you've talked about, how your art has come out is like so natural and so, so free that it's like, it makes me think about how I've started on this journey with this podcast is because I'm thinking about what I'm doing so much and not allowing myself to just let, like just create and not think about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm trying to like get an answer out of you, but the, the answer is everything that you're saying. It's literally just create it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it comes back to yeah. like the meditation as well. And like, yeah. I guess getting out of your own way, um, because yeah, there is the internal critic, and especially once you start producing things, and then you create a certain standard for yourself, uh -huh. and then you might produce something else, and like you're never always going to be getting better and better and better. Like sometimes you, you plateau, or, yeah, you plateau, or sometimes you go through periods where it's not as good as where you were a year ago. Uh -huh. um, but that's okay yeah. because that's just all part of the. The, the, the process mm -hmm. and I guess yeah silencing that, that, that critic mm. that's telling you that like oh this isn't as good as what you did six months ago like you should be getting better and like the blah 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 yeah. internal dialogue it's just <laughs> like shh okay just keep doing like just keep with the, the program and, yeah. yeah do you feel like you've always been on top of it? um yeah, it goes in waves, like, you definitely have periods of time where it feels, like, yeah, really hard and challenging, and then other times where it just feels so effortless. Yeah. But I guess that would happen with any other, like, job as well. Right. Like, you go through periods where everything's awesome and really, really smooth, and then it goes for life as well. Like, yeah, yeah. there's always challenging times, and even pursuing this path, like, it's, 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 it's kind of like my dream job, but mm. it's definitely not... Yeah, perfect. Right. Like, there's always yeah other factors involved, and mm -hmm. I guess Thumps in the road. Yeah, and then now being so busy and like scheduled and like having certain like deadlines to meet. And, right. Like, creativity should be something that flows naturally, but when it's like you've got time constraints uh -huh. as well, it adds a lot of a lot of pressure. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So do you think that post COVID this has kind of been the busiest you've been? So yeah. Far? Yeah. Exponential growth yeah. yeah it was a factor of multiple things and um yeah i guess people not being able to be tattooed for a couple of months and then rescheduling people who were booked in yeah and then that just flowed into tax time and yeah and then yeah it gets busier towards the end of the year as well so yeah it's just been yeah really really full on and then still trying to yeah have that that freedom of like yeah creativity without all these other constraints like yeah like you need to produce this art by this date for this mm. person and make sure that they're happy with it and then oh the next day you have to make sure that this person's happy with this design yeah yeah it can get pretty pretty full on so it's just yeah you sound like you're pretty solid with your exercise meditation to like handle all that and you definitely I've met a lot of people well, Catching up with friends after COVID, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot, a lot less well than you seem to be uh, with their distress of their job in the year that, that's been. Um, so you, you feel like you're like definitely on top of it. Do you have any other pointers? That, is there anything new that, that's come up that you feel like has been helpful to, to like deal with that pressure? I think it just it's just so much about balance, like mm. in 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 life, like and I. Like, I guess I see things quite logically. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, well, if I just tick the boxes, like if I do the exercise and I do the meditation yeah. and I, I should, yeah, everything should be okay, which still isn't the case. Right. Like you can do all those things and still have shit days and feel, feel terrible or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, 
you, you practice them and you realize how beneficial they are. So it's just a game of reminding yourself mm. that like, oh, I should be doing this because this is just going to help everything like overall, right. yeah, especially with exercise and, and meditation. Oh, like, it's not just beneficial in that moment. Yeah. That floods into your whole day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm like, man, I beat, I beat myself up a lot having not been having... I don't even know how I, I lost my meditation routine because it was really solid for a while. I think it must have been when I moved house um, and like, you know, the atmosphere changed so I didn't have the place where I would I would go to gym and then I'd meditate after that and then I would go into the lounge room there and that was where I'd do it. But since I moved, I was going to gym on the way to work instead. So I, and there was nowhere really at work that I could find that space. I think that's what did it. Um, yeah. When did you when did you first start picking up a meditation routine? Uh, it was about um, like consistently, like doing it like pretty much every day for the past yeah three three years. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it was yeah here and there, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really finding a, a great benefit from it. It wasn't until I actually like put my head down and said like no, you need to. Yeah, like do this every day and see if you can, if you can like hear, like you read about it, you hear all these stories of yep. all the benefits of it and it gets to a point where it's just like, well, stop reading about it and just, just do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like that puts a lot of pressure on yourself. Like if you're like, I'm going to do this thing every day mm-hmm. and as soon as you're putting pressure on yourself, you find, yeah, you're like a less inclined to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's just like starting with manageable like times, mm. um, just five minutes, just find five minutes to turn off, yeah. close the eyes, just pay attention to what's happening in your body. Mm. Um, and then it's like, okay, well I can do that five minutes every day, so let's try for 10. Yeah. And then if I miss a day, that's okay. We'll just keep going tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I'm very, like, I guess it shows in my art, like, I'm just very organised and structured, and that's just how I've always been, but different, like, different, for different people, like, some people meditate, but they'll do it in the morning one day, and they'll do it at lunchtime another day, and they'll yeah. do it at dinner time. that doesn't work for me, Yeah. but I think, yeah, just finding the time, like, in the day is, yeah. like, the hardest part, because people say, it's like, oh, I don't have time to do that. But it's interesting that meditation almost increases the time you have in the day. Like, I give up half an hour of my day to meditate. To get more in the zone. Yeah, yeah which could yeah, help me concentrate better during the day and I could finish my tattoo half an hour faster. So I do have the time yeah. to meditate. And Man, I need, to, I need to work on that, get that back. Was there something happening in, like, in your life at the time where you thought like you needed something to kind of help you through or...? Like when you finally took that jump to to like add a new habit. Yeah, like definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think yeah. Like we could go through challenging times in life, and yeah, at the time it was a like a relationship breakup, mm-hmm. and that was really hard to come to terms with. Yeah. And I guess yeah, like we always have so many thoughts like all the time. Just, yeah. Just nonstop. Yeah. Just like a highway, just like one after the other. Mm. And then yeah, when something yeah painful happens, um, yeah, you can't stop thinking about it just like and you just keep yeah it's like torturing yourself just like oh this really bad thing happened yeah like okay how am I gonna yeah find ways of coping with this with this better yeah and I guess um yeah meditation helped with that because it was I was no longer I guess feeling this unpleasant feeling and just like no I don't want to feel that and just like kind of like it's almost like it's suffocating you and you're trying to push it off yeah but rather just letting it just like letting it arise Let and it pass. Yeah. yeah and just becoming more like I guess gentle with it and gentle with you mm. and it definitely helps ease like yeah like suffering and that's why their yeah, Buddha part of Buddha's Buddha's plan mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah to ease, ease some suffering did you if you look back at your art prior to that change do you do you think you notice like a fair bit of a difference in the art itself yeah, I think in terms of like my productivity levels. Because that was, would that have been before you started tattooing? Uh, I was tattooing at the time and then I had starting? a bit of time off. Yeah, okay. it was right at the start. Yeah. Yeah, so I had some time off to get some perspective, but then going back into it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my productivity definitely 
increased mm. for sure. What about like uh, other art outside of tattooing? Were you doing much of that around that time, or were you focused on getting into tattooing? Um, yeah, I was still producing my own art, like as much as like in my spare time, like that's mainly what I what I do. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was yeah, it was um, yeah a bit slower, but then yeah, just yeah built up the momentum again, and, and yeah, it was getting yeah having a bit of a break and then going back into it. Yeah, I felt things yeah were. Yeah, stronger and yeah, working really well for me. So so good, man. So for people like so, I've had experience of meditation and seen seen the benefits of it um, in yeah in my life and in my my creative projects and things like that. So for people who feel like it's not for them, uh, is there anything else you could suggest to them to to, to help try and like. Um, let go of those the thoughts that stop us from producing work and yeah have more fun let it flow yeah um i guess everyone's so so different but i think a lot of us can um agree that we have too many thoughts like there's just so many and like a lot of people get overwhelmed by just the their own internal dialogue yeah so there must be ways and yeah i guess not stopping it. I think there's a common misconception with meditation where people are just like, oh, well, I can't stop thinking. Yes. And it's just like, well, it's not like you're not trying to stop thinking. You're just becoming more aware of what you're thinking about. Yeah. And how like repetitive your thoughts can be. How mm-hmm. you can think about the same thing like hundreds of times in a day. Mm. And it's just like yeah, burning, burning your precious energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Um, yeah, like everyone's so different, but I just guess taking the time, like, because we spend, like, everyone lives quite busy lives. We've got technology and, and, and interacting with people, and all of that, yeah, burns energy and also yeah. just, yeah, just can become overwhelming and people get quite stressed out and scattered. And I think it's beneficial to any human to actually spend time in their day where they're doing nothing. Right. Other than just sitting, recharging. breathing, paying attention to what's happening around you, mm. just sounds, birds, trees, traffic, and, and not trying to do anything or get anywhere because, yeah, you can only do that so much, like, before, yeah, it's, it's never enough. Like, we're always trying to, like, yeah, go one better, one better, one better, but... In just in order to just be here and enjoying this, what we have right now is a very good and like, yeah, beneficial, beneficial thing that everyone should be able to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're always trying to do more and more. And I mean, I guess in me trying to not be a perfectionist, I'm putting that pressure on myself to do more as well and trying to release, but I'm trying to do it in a way that is not a pressure and more of a letting go yeah so like my main problem is that i've got a lot of like creative interests um i work on things but i always start a whole bunch of stuff but i never finish it never just work on something till it's done and then push it out yeah so have you always just had that um when you worked on say things for your prints for example would you always just going to be were you always just like, I'm going to work on this print and then do it and release it? Or have you had times where you've you know, started a bunch but then not been happy with them and put them aside? Or uh, Definitely a bit of both, but for the most part, I try and focus on one thing and, yeah. and, and, and get it to a point where I'm happy with it being being finished and then and then move on. Um, but then there's been other times where yeah, you start something and get halfway through it and you're not, not vibing it and just better to abort mission and start fresh yeah um but at the same time like i've started so many things and gotten halfway through it and just been hating it and then yeah i guess persisted through it and by the time i got to the end i'm like no actually i'm really happy with this cool um so that's just the process of i guess overcoming the like the the dialogue of just like no this isn't as good as what you've done before you may Mm. as well just give up on this and and it's actually funny because like starting a lot of like most of my creative process like the start like the first half hour is just like me and my internal critic punching on yeah okay. <laughs> just being like no no you can't do this or like yeah you probably 
yeah, could do better or get 20 minutes in. It's like, no, 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 just start again. And, and it's like, oh, shit. And you gotta, it's like, no, no, it's all right. No, I think, I think we'll be able to, yeah, get to that point. Just having and, a battle. Um, yeah. That's really cool to hear because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, because that, um, I feel like when I start something, let's say like a song, for example, I'll, I'll be really pumped and excited to like start to like start and I'll like get the ideas and I'll be putting it together but then I'd start to get like oh oh it, this this could have this idea in it and this could have this idea in it and this could have this idea in it and so I don't let it be finished yeah um so yeah it's very interesting to hear you say like you're you get into that kind of conversation with yourself at the start um and kind of work through that and then once you've b- broken through that you can just get it done yeah yeah, because you produce like so much stuff. Even like the few things you showed me like before here, I'm like, man, how did you like find the time to like, you know, start to learn the the wood carving and the stitching, like all the separate things, over a short period of time while working as well. Yeah. Oh man, it blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky enough now that I'm at the point where I yeah make a make a living of producing art. So that's what I do with majority of my time mm. when I'm not meditating or exercising or I uh, definitely neglect social time like I should be a lot more social to yeah. keep that balance yeah but at the same time I enjoy my own my own company and yeah yeah and then if it means like yeah someone buying a print I'll go drop it off to them and have a chat and yeah yeah so yeah. man yeah well um well I was aiming for around an hour at this time and I think we've smashed it out so Thanks so much for, for joining me on the podcast, man, and talking about your creative journey and uh, sharing, uh, yeah, how we can how we can uh, fix our internal dialogue and, uh, and get our, our work out there a little bit more naturally than than uh, yeah having that battle with ourselves all the time. So, um, where can people find your your artwork? Do you have a do you have your own website yet? Because uh, I see you on, obviously on Instagram all the time. Have you got a website yet? Um, I, I've just recently made a website, but it's not up and running. Okay. Majority of people are on Instagram, yep. um, so that is just Jake Abstraction. Yep. Um, and also on on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, those two mediums most people have. Yep. Um, and yeah, just currently working at Seven Circles Studio in Woolloongabba. Awesome. Um, but as of next year, I'll be up with some friends at Mind's Eye Tattoo in in Petrie. Cool. So getting a little bit out of the city and okay. going for a bit more of a chill vibe yeah um, I'll get all those links off you but um, yeah so you take inquiries through through Instagram primarily then yeah Instagram or email um, oh, cool. all that information's on on there um, I, I've stopped taking bookings up until um, like March next year just because okay. there's, yeah, there's a lot going on Wow um, but um, yeah once I reopen my bookings I can um, yeah, have a chat to a few more people and take on a few more projects but yeah it's been awesome having a chat with you man yeah the time has has flown absolutely Um, so thank you so much for having me on and and hopefully yeah we can i guess yeah overcome a bit of that i guess internal critic and just just let things flow like they should be yeah i definitely think i've learned something and um i hope that everyone enjoys checking out jake's art because it is awesome uh thanks very much i'll see you next time